The heart will never fail you. And that's been my experience. So it doesn't mean that you're going to have the trajectory that you think that you're going to have in your mind or in whatever you thought your life was going to be. The key is inside the heart and it's in each one of us. Because if we can activate what that natural expression is, that is so beautiful, so divine, so profound, and it might not be seen by anyone. It's not about being famous or having like a big reach. It's about doing what is authentic and reminding ourselves that creating art and music and dance with sacred intention is the greatest gift we can give humanity. And instead we've been reversed to think that you can only be an artist if you're in a certain circle or if your art sells for a certain amount of money or if you're you know, one of the greats. That's not true. The biggest thing we have to do is live in resonance with our heart. The heart will not leave you. Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is somebody who has appeared on the show more than any other guest in the 10-year history of this podcast. In fact, she was my very first guest all the way back on episode one. Her name is Julie Pyatt, AKA Srimati. And as many of you already know, she also happens to be my wife, my partner in all things and every definition of the word and somebody who excels truly across an impressive variety of disciplines. Julie is an entrepreneur. She's the founder and CEO of Shrimu, which is her plant-based cheese enterprise and soon to be empire. She's also a musician, an artist, a designer, a mom to four. And most relevant to today's conversation, she is a yogi. She actually has an incredible course on the iFit platform and lifelong devoted pursuer of spiritual wisdom, which she insightfully practices, teaches, and instructs by way of her online spiritual community called Water Tiger. And today she's gonna tell us all about it. But first. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics, and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailored fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. 
We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple, search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson, where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. Okay, in this discussion, we dive into how to elevate your lived experience, your awareness, your consciousness, as we emerge from this pandemic and everything that that experience wrought. We discuss how to inject your entrepreneurship with spirituality, how to gracefully navigate the pitfalls, the vicissitudes, the fraughtness of the family gatherings that are part and parcel of the impending holiday season. And Julie shares some valuable insights from the front lines of growing her Not Cheese brand. I think you guys are gonna come away from this exchange inspired, enlightened, armed with more than a few tools, tactics, and strategies to hopefully improve your life. Julie tends to have that effect on people. And before we get into it, one final note, in a gesture of gratitude for listening and watching, Julie is kindly offering all of you guys a special discount on Shrimu. Visit shrimu.com and enter code RRP18 at checkout and you'll get 18% off. If you are ordering for Thanksgiving, please make sure to place your order on or before November 13th. If you want it delivered in time for Christmas, the order deadline is December 11. Again, that's srimu.com, promo code RRP18. 
Okay, here is me and Julie Pyatt doing the thing. Well, here we are again. Here we are again. I'm here with no agenda. We're gonna spin the spiritual roulette wheel and see what comes up. It's always intriguing and uh, an adventure when I get to sit down with you. We haven't done this in a little while. So I guess this is our, we do this like twice a year. I can't remember the last time that we did a podcast together, but it's, it's been, been a minute. I think it's been like six months. Has it been that long? I think so. So we're right on cue. Yeah. We're heading into the fall season. We have holidays upon us. You always have wisdom about how to effectively navigate the pitfalls and vicissitudes that uh, the holidays always seem to surface for everybody. So I imagine we'll talk a little bit about that, but what is top of mind for you? What do you wanna talk about? <laughs> First of all, evolution. You have the floor. Evolution is at hand because it was funny because we, we met in our kitchen this morning with our usual, um, Rich saying that, you know, what are we going to talk about? We need to decide what we're going to talk about. This is the trope. This is we the do way this, it goes. This is the dance that we've been doing since day one, 10 years ago, <laughs> where I'm yeah. like, we need to sit down and map it out. We got to decide what, what the topics are going to be. And you, you got like almost, you got, you were starting to get activated. You're like, I don't want to do that. Like, we're, it's always fine. Like, relax. No, no. Yeah. No, because I, I had this great flow of a lot of inspirations and meditations about <laughs> the energy and how amazing it was and how this was going to be a really meaningful conversation. And then you were like, tell me what it's going to be. And I was like, don't, I didn't say that. I was Are like, you? don't kill the vibe. Don't kill the vibe. Just let it be. All right. No, but evolution is at hand because you just came and said, uh, you're open. Ended and well, I, I'm taking forward. a cue. Yeah. You know, you started, then you started to talk about it, and I was like, okay, don't. Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I just want to feel like we have um, that Certainty. there is that there is a, that there is maybe that there, that there is, is a plan. Security. There is a plan. I'm th I'm always thinking about the audience. You're I want to deliver value for everybody. Things that they can think about and yeah. implement into their own lives that will be helpful. Not that you are, you know, bereft of that. That's what you do. So. As I said, the floor is yours. How Where do you, you want to begin? How do you feel, Rich? <laughs> I, feel, I feel nervous. <laughs> I feel <laughs> out of control. Like so my uh, my impulse to uh, you know control all aspects of this show is being is being activated. But you know, we're this. never really in control, right? I know that. Anyway, yeah. So no, it's that. so cool. So, I mean, I feel uh, I feel really good right now. I think it's a really beautiful moment after you know the world and and all of us I'm, I'm including the listeners in this thought and is in this idea that you know we've been through a lot of change we you know everyone has been it doesn't matter who you are where you live you know anything we've all been through transformation and but i do feel like we've come through the most constricted part of it and i feel like we've we've sort of emerged through the birth canal and we're still unsettled. You know, most people that I speak to talk about that they're going through a transformation, that a lot of stuff is up in the air, that they're not quite sure. It's it's kind of like the new hasn't exactly settled in. Uh, but the extreme separation and a lot of the very violent energy that I felt during that entire experience, I think is uh, transforming into 
an open field of creative possibility, of uh, expanded opportunities. And as I always say, I believe in humanity. I believe in us. I, de- I deeply, deeply believe in the human heart. And uh, I think we are on the precipice of new ways of living, of being, of communing, of creating that we have never seen before. And I I feel um, uplifted quite a bit. You're feeling that in your own life or you're witnessing that in the people that you're interacting with, or you're just sensing that there has been a vibe shift an energy shift across the culture that is kind of dissipating some of the tension and intensity of what we've all kind of endured over the last couple of years. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, all of the above. I mean, all of the above because I'm not an island. I'm living in a community mm-hmm. and in a society and in a family and in, um, in a planetary uh, experiment. So uh, I think it's, it's on all levels. Um, I'm just excited to talk about the new possibilities and the creativity and the expansion rather than uh, all of the problems and the issues and the suffering and all all of this. Yeah. So what are those possibilities? So those possibilities. I mean, like? they're well, they're really endless. I mean, I feel like I mean, this is a, a unique moment in planetary history. It's unlike any other. Um, this is an opening, uh, an expansion of our planetary realm into reclaiming our connection with nature, with divinity, uh, with aspects of ourselves that we've been separated from for eons of time. And so uh, I think it's like, um, there is no predicted future. You know, life is in the moments and we are all going to co-create this experience together through our desires, our hearts, our dreams, the things that are meaningful to us and, um, you know, really all for the purpose of evolution. So our life is about evolving. Well, that's a beautiful thought. I, I, I would share that sentiment, that sensibility, like I feel really good. I feel in um, a certain creative flow. I feel a little bit lighter than I have in recent months. And there does seem to feel like there is a bit of a, a lifting in that kind of heaviness and intensity. Yeah, and I mean, let's take our own, let's start with our own relationship. Let's okay. just go there. Let's just go, let's right, just go right into in. the vortex. <laughs> okay. which we've, you know, uh, I was on almost 30 podcasts and Krista interviewed me yesterday. Um, those girls, Lindsay and Krista are so amazing. And she thanked me for you, you, you and me, you're in my service to actually doing this podcast throughout our entire relationship <laughs> and sitting down and sharing where we where we're at mm. and you know it's been a, you know a meaningful guide for her and for many others so while it's a little scary and a little uh, revealing i i think it's meaningful and it's been definitely meaningful in our lives i was joking that you know we've had our most meaningful conversations on your podcast mm-hmm. and you know joking about that you know, we were sort of trying to figure out how we could have that same level of intimacy, not on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I've been endeavoring to do that. We've made some progress there. It would be interesting to go back and listen to some of the very early podcasts that Mm -hmm. we did together as a gauge of where our relationship was then versus now. 
Yeah, and I mean, I feel this is what I'm talking about. I mean, this is the opening that I that I'm feeling right now, and I have to say that the energy that I feel with you is one of a deepened intimacy that I haven't felt for quite a few years, maybe two years, you know, since the pandemic. So, to come out and have this level of communication, of intimacy, of friendship, and of understanding that we are two souls here in this experiment on the planet, but also in an experiment of a relationship. And we're evolving through it and mm-hmm. we're changing. We've been together over 20 years. We've raised four kids together. We've been through financial collapse and death and rebirth and expansion and success. And, you know, we've been through all different flavors of life. And so, you know, how does that feel to you as a, as a state of, of love or of partnership? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm deeply committed to you, and uh, and I love you, you know, profoundly. And it's also been hard, like amidst all of that, like you can point out those high points and those low points. But you know, we've we've had our clashes and we've had our challenges in how we, you know, communicate and relate to each other as two people who are very, very different. But as you are always quick to point out, there's something about those polarities that creates a certain kind of alchemy that's allowed us to co-create in many beautiful ways. But it also uh, makes it, the degree of difficulty I think is higher because we don't always uh, share a worldview that's aligned. And so it's a dance to try to figure out how to relate to each other when some of those things don't always, you know, completely cohere or line up as, uh, you know, as precisely as it might in a relationship of two people who are very similar. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, thank you for that. I love you also profoundly, deeply. And I think the one thing that we've had with each other from day one is a deep commitment. And that commitment has been really solid, you know? So we're, we're able to say, okay, your behavior is alien to me right now, or, you know, off-putting or, you know, not what I would choose, but somehow there's a bed of this soul connection where it's like, yeah, but it's you, you know? So it's made us able to be in relationship in this extreme, very opposite, you know, experience of life of how we experience life. And yet um, I think it's a, it's a wonderful example of practicing unconditional love and of, you know, understanding and holding that your perspective, or I would say my perspective or your perspective or one's perspective is not the only relevant lens in the room. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a, you know, a heightened cha- challenge and I think we're both, you know, creators, we're artists, we have uh, dreams and desires and we're, we both uh, manifest and build and express ourselves. And so because we both do that, we've been able to give each other also a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I was viewing your tent out my bathroom window today. Yeah. Your luxury glamping tent yeah. that you have now. <laughs> but then I looked over and I saw that my pyramid, my copper pyramid that I sleep in. Yeah, what's weirder? Um, no, but wait, but now it- <laughs> you could now Explain it's, to people what that is first. Okay, but wait, but now, okay, yeah. So I sleep in a copper pyramid. <laughs> 
Um, it's a- um, People think that my tent is like <laughs> way off the reservation. Well, yeah, so what, let me finish my thought. Right. So what I was gonna say is I was in my room and I was glancing out my window and noticing your tent, your beautiful tent. And then I was looking in my room how my copper pyramid is now draped in this mosquito net, which it's kind of like a tent. And so the, just this morning as it's I was literally looking, a tent. I was like, it's an we, indoor bo- tent. we both have our own tents. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Actually. So. so Julie, and this is what you wanna, I can't remember whether it was your birthday or Christmas. You're like, I want this copper pyramid structure yeah. to, to layer over the top of my bed. Mm-hmm. And we as a family, procured this item for you. And you know, I would be lying if I didn't say like amongst the boys and I were like, you know, yeah, your mom, your mom wants this copper copper pyramid for her bed. You guys are always making spiritual artifacts. But we went and got it and constructed it. And it's it's, you know, it's what is it? It's four beams that you know sit so that they It's like a three-dimensional pyramid. It's like this, like, you know, these Mm -hmm. these poles, you know, that that connect at the top to make a pyramid that sits atop your bed structure. And now it's draped with this, you know, beautiful linen it's mosquito really, net it's thing. It's so dope. So <laughs> it is pretty cool, <laughs> but it's turned, you know, your sleeping layer into this kind of temple of rest. Yeah. Temple of repose, mm, right? I love that, that's so cool. And it is a tent. So it is kind of hilarious. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And it's kind of, it kind of sort of, we could be defined by our tents, but the shape of our tents and the, the qualities, the characteristics. But the funny thing that always makes me laugh, this is one of my favorite stories about you making fun of me. Cause like on our, like our Netflix and stuff, like everybody has their like avatars and then they always make mine like the, the monkey, like the wise monkey. What kind of monkey is that? That like uh, uh, is like the meditating monkey. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, and it, it'll say like Shrimu of the galaxy or something yeah. like that. Like I, I'm always made, being made a fun of, which is really great. I mean, it's it's wonderful. But one of my favorite jokes that you said about me when you gave me the the copper pyramid for my birthday, you said, I went to, I knew that's what you wanted, darling. And you said, I went to Crate and Barrel and I said, I've come for the Mahagaya healer <laughs> copper sleeping pyramid. <laughs> and, and then you go, and they didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, and then I went to Williams-Sonoma and I said, I'm here for the Mahagaya copper sleeping pyramid and they didn't have it. So we were laughing quite a lot about that. But you guys know, many of you may know that I've suffered from uh, very severe headaches for 30 years that have been a very, a very challenging part of my life. And so, um, I acquired this pyramid um, to offer me some energetic stabilization at night uh, because I know that we are multidimensional beings and at night we travel out of our bodies into other time spaces. And a lot of times I have a hard time getting back in my body or just managing these energies. And so it gives me some support. And in addition, I've programmed it with crystals and it has geometric, you know, symbols mm-hmm. at the top. And, you know, it changes with what I'm working on, but I quite enjoy it and highly recommend it to anyone who's 
resonating with us. Um, It's a company out of Boulder. I don't even remember who it is, but you can find it. Just Google it online, Copper Pyramid. And it's a very easy to get, so it's not it's not a big deal. But, but not cool. available at Crate and Barrel. But or not available at Williams Sonoma yeah, or okay. other places. You might be shopping right. for so, your wife. So that just sort of punctuates the difference <laughs> between Julie and I. So funny, and it's beautiful. And I celebrate this in you, and I I will happily you know support these endeavors on on your behalf. And I think the struggle sometimes comes in when I'm like trying to connect with you on some of this stuff, but. Can't quite, can't quite get. Can't there. quite. You know, I can get to the ten yard line, That's right. but you know, I can't carry the ball across the goal, <laughs> the goal into the goal post. But I mean, isn't it the same with you as well? Like, um, like I was just sort of musing about, you know, what would be like a kind of partner that you don't have in me that would be something that you would enjoy. Like, I would never be able to like do an ultra race with you. Like that's probably like never happening, right? And I can't go out on my bike and put my little my little kid on with my clippity clock cloth <laughs> shoes. And you uh, could I can't, but I just you know it's probably not. It's funny because like, you no. were in you were in Telluride, Telluride recently, uh-huh. and uh, at this spa, yeah, they I was put at you reset. In the, they put you in the Normatec boots, and you I sent know. me a photo of you in the Normatec boots. Well, that was the first thing I, I thought wanted was the to most do. hilarious thing, and I was like, you know, I have those. I knew you were gonna be mm-hmm. annoyed and, and also think it was funny. And that's why I asked them to take a picture. I'm like, take a photo right now so I can send this to Rich. But I like the, the Normatec boots. They were really awesome. Yeah, they're pretty great. Yeah, and so yeah, I was invited to reset Telluride. It's a, an amazing retreat experience. And Holly and Dylan, the founders, um, brought me out there and uh, they made me hike my butt off more than I ever have. Um, and in the high altitude, it was definitely challenging. And just Telluride is one of the most beautiful, beautiful vortexes on earth. I love it dearly. And um, everything that they provided was just, you know, top of the line, amazing. So I did have the Normatec boots to help me. Mm. And uh, foot massages and uh, soaks and daily right. massages, which helped. But I think to your point about the evolution of our our relationship, I mean, one thing that you can't deny is that earlier in our phases of of creation, you know, it it was really it was it was a much more integrated co-creation. Like we did these cookbooks together, and we you know, like most of what we did was in partnership with each other. Mm-hmm. And over time, and particularly you know, in the last couple of years. We've each found like our our respective lanes or grooves and what nourishes us most or what we're you know interested in most, and as a result of that, and that's been great. Like I feel like I'm super fulfilled doing what I'm doing right now. I'm excited about the opportunities that I have and exploring those. And likewise, you've done the same. You've got your plant-based cheese company, Shrimu, you have your Water Tiger community, you have like all of these things that you're doing that are really not separate, but distinct from what I'm doing. And so that has, it hasn't necessarily moved us in different directions. It just means that um, what we're each doing isn't as enmeshed or as integrated as it once was. And I think there's things that are really healthy about that, but I think it also has meant that without sufficient attention and care, it's easy for us to kind of start to separate, right? Like we're living separate lives. 
And there's been a couple of occasions where we've both known like, hey, look, like we, we need to get together and communicate a little bit better because otherwise we're gonna wake up and then we're gonna be, you know, not strangers to each other, but like not as, you know, not as in intimate partnership as we could or should be or deserve to be given like how we feel about each other. Definitely. And that's been like the biggest kind of thing that we've experienced and that we're kind of navigating currently. Yeah, definitely. And so the big question I think for both of us is, and for everyone listening, because everyone that I've talked to is going through transformation in their relationship in one way or another. The big question is how do we wanna evolve? How do you wanna evolve? How do I wanna evolve? What are the things that are on the deck that are in on the magic table um, that are important, that are essential for your evolution, for your expansion? And the thing that I was really um, happy about today or comforted about when I was meditating on this conversation and where we are is that I know that you're there for me for that. And I know that I'm there for you for that. So whatever that means, I'm, I'm there till the end of this incarnation and maybe beyond. So it's more like, how do we wanna evolve? What is going on with our, um, our individual expressions that can cross, that can cross over and connect? How can we dance together? but yet be sovereign, independent individuals. And um, it just is a, a huge field of opportunity to mm-hmm. expand the way that we view relationship, the way that we view the privilege of this human life that we're in right now, the sacredness of it, and the ability to actually, you know, I, I would just say spontaneously affect an elevation of the realm by being authentic and aligned to what is what is dear to us. Mm. You know, so it's not like oh it's this big, you know, sort of uh, you know, mission that, you know, that only we can do. Like, you know, I I um I've been feeling a lot into the power of devotion and then the need for devotion as we move into these new challenges and experiences that we're going to face personally in relationship, in community, and then planetarily. And the thing is, is that, you know, Mother Earth is a magnificent, you know, gigantic galactic star that is going through her own transformation and we are riding on her. So the force or the one breath or, you know, the great, the great one is not counting on any one of us individually to solve all these crises. And I think that devotion to that source, really feeling into that we are instruments of that one breath that comes through each one of us in a very individuated way, that devotion keeps the the hardness or the constriction or you might say ego or the, you know, this overwhelming crushing feeling of responsibility that we have to figure it all out and that we're, 
you know, we're worthless and we've destroyed the planet and, you know, um, which is all true, <laughs> not that we're worthless, but, you know, we have participated in the destruction. But I guess what I'm saying is at this point in time, devotion is a worthy magic trick, a, a worthy sort of workaround or Jedi move. And also being open to the fact that there will be miraculous appearances of things nobody saw coming. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. What is the form or character of devotion for somebody who's listening or watching who doesn't have experience with, you know, exploring that side of being human? Yeah, so I mean, it's just, it's, it's a very relaxed, uh, very natural state of understanding that we all are emanating from one breath and that there is no life form that is better or worse than any other any intellectual ideas you, any of us have about superiority or importance, you know, all the earth has to do is just shake her back a little bit and we all go flying like ants in the wind. So it's a, the, an illusion of control, the illusion that we're orchestrating something. We can't really see the play from where we are in the human embodiment. And so it's a really been a very beneficial practice for me and a beneficial gift for me to wake up in the morning and offer my life to that one breath and then work and play and dance and fail and you know you know do all the things but then at the end of the day I just give it all back to to her mm-hmm. so it's it's understanding that you know we're just part of this great force and it doesn't have to be it's not connected to an ism or a lineage or a guru or anything but it's the core of of water tiger which is my spiritual mentorship group uh, online mentorship is to allow people to fall in love with who they are at a natural state and it starts with the personality with all the things that make you unique Um, And then after you get through embodying that and really being there for yourself, really loving yourself, um, then your expression blesses all life because you understand there is no better or worse. There is no place for judgment of another life form and their choices. The creator is is taking care like at some vast level, Mm -hmm. you know, and then where, you know, there's, there's a universal accounting that is always in play. So no one ever gets away with anything. You know, if we think that we're fooling somebody or lying to somebody or we're being inauthentic, you're only lying to yourself because you'll never you'll never get away from you. Mm-hmm. And whether it's accounted for in this lifetime, it might not be accounted for in this in this timeline, it might be in another timeline. So you know, we can just relax and we can 
um, develop that devotional view and that bhava, it's a feeling, it's like a, it's like a reverence for the privilege of being in a life. And then we can just uh, have a respect for all life, even things we don't agree with, or, you know, it's not our preference. We have preferences, definitely. Everything that you just said resonates with me. The underlying principles or themes being humility, prayer and meditation, ego death, uh, you know, surrender, all of these things. And, and, you know, the architecture which, through which, you know, I generally process this and, and practice these ideas is through the, the sort of 12 steps, right? So, you know, another way of articulating what you just said in a structure that feels like, you know, practical from my lived experience is in that, you know, in that kind of rubric, which is all about like, you know, how do you live a life of integrity and service through humility and relinquishment of your self-will, turning it over, surrendering to the idea that you truly are not in control. And there are very few things that you do have control over and trying to find uh, a way of walking the earth in service to your fellow man and to humanity, right? Uh, and and everything you just said is like is 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 sort of a, just a different version of that same thing. It's just the uh, pyramid tent versus version. The, versus the tent in the backyard. That's it. <laughs> that's really all it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not you know. That's the thing. Is it's like mm, you know, are we really that different? You know, at a core level. Actually, at the ultimate level, we're not different at all. We're the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the same one life that's individuated into two forms. Right, but you have to override the default operating system of looping in your mind and and the delusion that you're in control or that somehow you're you know you you will be a permanent fixture here on planet Earth. Like all these kind of notions that comprise living in the modern industrialized world that are illusory, mm -hmm. right? Like we're only here for a short period of time. We're here to evolve, as you mentioned, we're here to, you know, serve the world in a positive way to the extent that we, you know, can leverage whatever talents we've been given and, and work ethic, et cetera, to leave an imprint on the people that we love and perhaps, you know, a few other people beyond that. And it's just a moment. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just a moment. And so much of what we concern ourselves with and worry about and, and obsess over is truly without meaning, right? And yet we allow it to monopolize mm -hmm. so much of our energy and time. And it's been you know, kind of a beautiful experience doing this podcast because each person that I get to sit down with reminds me of you know, some piece of that puzzle or equation that helps to ground me. Like having Mike Fremont on the hundred year old guy mm -hmm. who's just like, you know, he's been alive for a hundred years and his, you know, his message and his wisdom is serving as like, you know, this thing that I, I keep returning to and thinking about, which is just, you know, be of service to other people. Like that's part of what has kept him young. Like pursue the things that you, through which you find joy and try to give back what you learn along the way. Yeah, And yet beautiful. we overcomplicate it and we, and we suffer mm -hmm. and we make ourselves miserable as mm -hmm. a result of 
the intellectualization or over-intellectualization of so much. And in so doing, we opt out or short circuit ourselves from participating in awe and wonder and the miraculous nature of what it is to truly be alive. Like Pete Holmes talks about this all the time, comedian I've had on the podcast. Like if you're just walking around like wearing your Dockers and like going to Starbucks and driving in your car, like you're blind to the fact that we're on this spinning ball (laughs) out in space with galaxies around us and all this insanity, like all of it is totally insane, right? And yet, we have to be reminded of just how we, we, we inure ourselves to this. We normalize something that is just impossible for us to comprehend in order to just get through the day. But in truth, most of what we experience every day is truly miraculous and, and completely overflowing with awe and wonder if we choose to notice. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of the things that excite me or that I like to share about are about opening those those boundaries, pushing out what you think is possible, what you think, you know, so when I talk about we are multidimensional beings having a simultaneous experience. Right. So like you're just like what? You know, like <laughs> you, like you you're totally not thinking that we're on uh-huh. a spinning ball in the middle of space. You're just thinking like, why won't she put her dockers on and go to Starbucks? Right. So the thing, but the thing is- But then I can watch Interstellar and I'm like, oh yeah, multi-dimensions. Right, exactly. Time is bending. Right. So I think that, you know, as I've, as all of us travel on, on roads of discovery, you know, we find out the more we, the more we know and the more we mature, we find out the more we don't know, right? When you're young and you're 20, or even when you're, you know, 15, you think you know everything, you think you've figured mm-hmm. it all out. So, you know, it's, we really don't understand that much about the play on planet earth, about what's happened. You know, we're finding out now, you know, many of the histories that we've been taught, you know, that didn't really go down that way. And, you know, I can go all down that rabbit hole, which I won't do on this podcast, but, um, but one of the things actually I brought one of my friends from Dom and her, this uh, spiritual community in Northern Italy, her name is Esperide Ananas uh, Amatista. And she is one of the original Dominurian members. She's been there, I think over 35 years and she's highly degreed. You would be very impressed with her degrees. Um, I don't, I can't. I like to be impressed by even, degrees. Yeah, she has lots of like doctorates and <laughs> shit like that, that you care about. Uh-huh. Um, but um, she's really cool. Um, and she wrote this book, actually, this is a good time to shout it out. Um, it's 33 lives from the book of time. And uh, in this story, um, you know, Dom and her has a, a, a process that are that's in their university, and you can do it online now, d- thanks to COVID, because it opened up many, many things that weren't possible before. But they have a group of individuals who have been researching past lives, but I would call them simultaneous lives, or not really past lives. Um, and they go, they take photos of you, uh, two photos of you, a photo that's two months old, a photo that's five years old. And this group of individuals go into the temples, which are these sacred uh, chambers and, and, and really activated uh, spiritual portals. And they retrieve the five lifetimes that are the most beneficial to what you are 
uh, experimenting with in this lifetime, what you are creating this, in this lifetime. And so I've done a, a, a couple of those with them already and they've been uh, deeply meaningful and resonant to me. Like It's like you reclaim parts of yourself that feel like a lost lover. Like one of mine is an Argentinian male in the 18th century who is a horseman who wears a hat and a poncho. You mm-hmm. guys see that I wear a hat and a poncho all the time. And it's never felt like an outfit to me. It just feels natural to me. And so I understand these things more. Um, another one that I retrieved was um, as a priestess of the fire in an unidentified time period in Greece. So as you know, I'm always with the fire. So this gave me an expansion of something that I'm already connected to. In this book, Espedide actually um, writes 33 stories of different human existences. And they're very vast and very colorful, very multicultural, um, some even planetarily, you know, in other planetary realms. But they're short stories, like three or four pages, that give you a little summary of a human life or a life in another place and what would be the characteristics of that life and what would that person have experienced. And by reading it, it starts to open your awareness to, oh, I'm more than just this personality living in this time space. Like, and you'll know, it'll be things that are resonant to you. Like you've always had this affinity to Italy or you've always been connected to a certain lineage or mountain climbing or whatever it is. Um, so anyway, it, it's, the, it's my favorite book right now that I'm recommending mm. to allow that, that boundary to keep pushing out, um, you know, just as a, as a magical thought, you know, how would you feel inside your being in your daily life as you go through your routine or whatever you do in your life? if you knew there were other realities that were happening simultaneous and how does that open your creativity, even your resilience, your power, your resolve and your capacity to live if you know, or if you could grab an inkling of some of that other scenario. I'm trying to understand that. (laughs) And what comes up for me is, if there are simultaneous timelines in which I'm living a life right now beyond my perception, to me, it feels like, well, then what does it matter? Because I'm having these experiences in these other lives. Like, like doesn't that undermine or denigrate like the, the preciousness of the experience that I'm having here right now? Not from my perspective. If I'm off doing a podcast with somebody else right now in some other dimension. <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. You really feel a constriction. I from don't. That? I don't know. Like I'm trying. I'm trying to process it. Huh? That's interesting. See, for me, it's just like, oh wow, look, like look at the vastness. Look at the complexity of evolution. Uh-huh. Look at how vast we are. Like, how but it's a. I think like my ego says, no, I'm the only one, and I'm right here, I right see. now. Like okay. I can't. My ego is fighting against the idea mm. that there are different versions of me right. that are that are having their own experiences that are outside the control of my ego. You just wanna be the only one. (laughs) Yeah, right, of course. I don't, Really? not at all, like not at all. No, Mm. no, no. And there's an open eye meditation that we do in Water Tiger and that I've done on retreats where, 
you're sitting open eye in a mirror and you're gazing at your third eye and you endeavor to keep your eyes open, but your eyes burn and then you'll have to shut them and open them again. And this is a very transformative practice for anybody who has interest or wants to go deep. But um, I actually see these identities appear um, they they come in and out, and many many people see it's not it's not like wow it's just it it happens, so it's it's very re- it's very relieving to me to understand that there's a lot more going on that it's not just about this incarnation this right life I get that doing. part that part I'm down yeah. with yeah like there's a a lightness mm-hmm. that comes with just embracing uh, our innate lack of understanding and knowing. You know, we have this sense that we pretty much have everything figured out. There's a couple things where we're we're still trying to solve. We got to get to Mars or you know whatever it is. But for the most part, science has pretty much you know come up with an equation for most things that used to confuse us, and and that's really the lie, right? Because the truth is, we really know almost nothing. <laughs> nothing. You know, but yeah. in order to feel secure and grounded. Mm-hmm we have to convince ourselves that we have a grip on what's happening. Like I'm holding onto this table and this Mm -hmm. is real. Mm -hmm. Which is complete illusion. So, you know, it's just, there's so much mystery and there's so, and you know, this brings me to the subject of, you know, illness and COVID and what we've gone through with the virus and all this stuff. And, you know, it has been brought forth in a perspective um, from Falco, the founder of Dom and Her many years ago, that the grail and the grail, so the grail is the undefinable, the, the um, it cannot be defined, controlled, mutated, manipulated. It's that energy that we have sought after for eons of time. And it's normally represented in the form of the chalice. Um, but what perspective was brought forth in 2008 was that that form was changing and it was going to appear in the form of illness when it contacts this realm. And so the, the, the wonderful transformational opportunity of COVID, of virus, just like you talk about any adversity going through a challenge. And in you know, a song that, I've, that I'm writing that's on my album, uh, you know, the lyric is about changing poison into wine. So, I mean, that's the opportunity as alchemists, as creative beings, as architects of our own existence, is that we can take something that is at its core, Uh, maybe an anti-life force and we can interact with it and it can transform into into wine, into the greatest thing that ever contacted you. And so um, it's just, it's interesting, the the level of transformation that's going on. Uh, I have a, a friend of mine who got COVID, who had a very high fever, who went into the hospital, she flatlined. And this is a very grounded, uh, individual, she's the life of the party, but she was not really wanting to embrace her spirituality so much. Although she comes from a family that's very connected uh, with spirituality, um, and she had an NDE and she was going to the light and felt amazing and completely free. And then her loved ones called her back, and she came back in her body, and she called me and she's like, "I don't feel the same." and I went and spent time with her and she's not the same, meaning in a beautiful way. Like she gained this, I wanna say wisdom, a presence, an embodiment. Um, she's still her with all of her characteristics and everything that I love about her, but there's more of her 
Like, and it, and it's this feeling that I think um, many of us and many people that I spoke to um, have emerged from this two years and this experience more present, more powerful. And it was scary for all of us. Like, you know, and some of us took transition. So we had our expansion come through dropping the body and moving beyond this uh, realm. But it's a very, this is what I'm talking to you about of the profound nature of this moment. It's not like any other time. It's like we can feel it, it can be felt. So um, it's a magical, mystical time if we're open to receive the signs from nature, you know, uh, appearances of animals, appearances of messages. And in my experience, teaching on retreat and um, mentoring in spiritual matters, humans are spiritual beings. It's, it's not the other way around. It's not like you have to dig deep, you know? Every one of us has had that mystical experience in some way, in some form. And um, I, I just, I think it's a, a profound, magical opportunity. And any of us that are in a body right now, it is like the best time of our lives. And probably why we incarnated is for this time right now. To do what? Whatever is in your heart. So it doesn't matter if you are a gardener you don't have to do something, you know, you don't have to affect lots of people. It's just what's authentic to you. What is your authentic life print? And what is that? What is your way of expressing in the world that thing that only you can do in the entire omniverse? Mm-hmm. I think as we emerge out of this period, a lot of people have been engaged in a deep, self-reflection about how they've spent their time and how they wanna spend their time going forward, right? It was this moment of forced repose where because everyone was home all of a sudden and we were kind of compelled to look in the mirror in a way that we generally don't because we're busy. Uh, I think a lot of people took stock of like, why have I been you know, in this job or doing this thing? And I've seen a lot of people make huge changes in their lives. But now as the world has started to open back up, it's like, oh, recession, inflation, political division. Like there's a lot of noise out there that is fear inducing and there's good reason for that. And you know, chances are we are going into some kind of economic challenges at the moment that I think promotes a restriction of whatever uh, sense of expansion might be percolating up in people. So maybe it would be good to talk a little bit about how to navigate that. And if you are feeling that sense of expansion or change or uh, an impulse to more deeply explore what might be authentic to you and how to nurture that and bring it to life and be more fully expressed and more authentic in how you're pursuing your life, like what are some strategies or practices or tools that you could impart mm-hmm. to that person. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I mean, the heart will never fail you. And that's been my experience. So it doesn't mean that you're going to have the trajectory that you think that you're going to have in your mind. 
or in, you know, whatever you, whatever you thought your life was going to be. But I would say that this podcast is living, living proof and our journey, the heart will not leave you. It will, it will not well, this fail is, you. This is a manifestation of a heart-centered impulse. Like I didn't whiteboard like, oh, I'm gonna have this podcast and it's gonna be this thing. There's nothing about this that was predictable in any way, shape or form. It was the result of letting go more than self-will. Like mm-hmm. it was like, well, what could the, what, what are the possibilities like and trying different things and not holding on to anything too tightly and really just following my curiosity and what inspired me and more deeply connecting with my intuition and my sense of who I wanted to be in the world in, in, in a very non-defined kind of ephemeral way, but learning to tune into that and to listen to that and pay attention to that and take action on you know, those impulses is what created this. It's not because I sat down and had a goal and said, this is what I'm doing. It was the an- antithesis of all of that. Yes, it was all of and that. You, and you're the one who's always reminding, <laughs> reminding me of that when I start to get you know, too up in my head about stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, it was an entire uh, spiritual ritual that actually activated this entire timeline. And it was based on no sensibility whatsoever, except my unwavering extreme faith that our heart would not let us down. And I knew that I had to support you to live and experience your heart's deepest desires. And so we were making decisions that made no intellectual sense whatsoever. You know, everybody knows the story, you know, with four kids and financial collapse. And, you know, I had, you know, people pulling me aside, you know, telling me they were sorry that I was so mistreated by you, you know, like just a whole lot of stuff. But, you know, we, we did a lot of ritual. I did a lot of ritual. I did a lot of sessions. I did a lot of fires. I did a lot of ceremony. I was doing all this stuff that you find so strange all that time, but because we were so raw and we were so stripped bare, you were able to receive it. And then what happens when things click in and then it's working in a modern society way, you know, you have amnesia. Yeah, suddenly you're like, whoa, you're a weirdo, you know, or that's way out there, I can't get with that. I'm just like, dude, like we've been doing this from day one. I mean, and you know it at your core because you were at our wedding, you were the other party in our wedding <laughs> that was full of like gospel singers and channelers and African wedding singers and a snake wrangler. And, you know, I mean, it was like the spiritual gospel concert of the, of the decade for sure. Yeah, so the heart doesn't lie. Now serving the heart doesn't mean that you get to have health insurance. <laughs> Serving the heart doesn't mean that you get to have your 401k and everything lined up the way that you want it to. And, you know, Rich and I, when we were on our knees and we just hadn't gotten the relief and things hadn't broken through, even though we had been repeatedly serving our hearts and going through this experience, you know, I didn't have a bank account for four years. Like, I mean, there was like some major shit that happened. <laughs> like if I did a job for it was somebody, total insanity I'd have to ask somebody, I just got to be really good at communicating. I'd just be like, hey, you know, I'm gonna need to be paid in cash. And they were just like, there would be a moment and I would just sort of 
joke through it and then they would be like, oh, okay, I gotcha, you know, now I, now I get it. But so what I'm saying is we are going through a planetary transformation and that means that a lot of these systems that have not been serving our hearts, we'll just say our hearts, are going to transform and they need to transform. You know, we need to stop starving our humanity on the planet. We need to stop destroying our planet. Like there's many, many things. I'm not going to get into all of them, but the point is, is that at this point, if you were gonna make a list of all the crises, it's overwhelming. Like how are, you, how are you going to mastermind the resolution of all of these issues of war, of pedophilia, of, you know, misogyny against women, of murder, of, you know, everything that we're dealing with, planetary destruction. I mean, it's overwhelming. So again, the key is inside the heart and it's in each one of us because if we can activate what that natural expression is, that is so beautiful, so divine, so profound, and it might not be seen by anyone. It's not about being famous or having like a big reach. It's about doing what is authentic and reminding ourselves that art, creating art and music and dance with sacred intention is the greatest gift we can give humanity. And instead we've been, reverse to think that you're, you can only be an artist if you're in a certain circle or if your art sells for a certain amount of money or if you're you know, one of the greats. That's not true because art is a, is a language and a communication and poetry and music that is um, invisible to anti-life forces. It actually gets through, it makes a connection. So, the, the biggest thing we have to do is live in resonance with our heart. And it comes back to that question, how do you wanna evolve? And what are you hiding? What are we still hiding from ourselves? And if we can refine that through many different ways, I will always go back to yoga. Oh, bless the yogis of our civilization of many, many eons of time. I mean, the yoga practices literally are shelter from the storm. They are breathing practices. Many people are doing them in a modern way and they have breathing workshops. Those are all yogi techniques. So yoga practice, yoga breathing, this is what cultivates the presence, the awareness of the one that is breathing us. Mm -hmm. And in the end, we only have our consciousness. You have your consciousness. No one can ever take that from you. And we, aren't in control of a lot of the other things that happen. So it's like my prayer is for the people in Pakistan in these extreme floods, that when they transition, that the suffering is short, so short, that their creator, that their loved ones, that their guides are there to catch them and that they've transitioned. You know, I don't want anyone to suffer. That is, that is not, um, you know, it's not even reconcilable, like how we would choose these human lives to come in here to face so much of what we face. And, you know, we're in a very privileged, you know, life, of course. Um, but, you know, life will visit you wherever you are. If you have money, it will come in the form of disease. <laughs> you know, if you, it'll come in the form of divorce. It will come to remind you who you are. And if you're in a slumber and you're, you know, in the Dockers, I guess, mm -hmm. not that we have anything against Dockers, dockers but we don't wear Dockers. No, so, uh, you know, if you're in that illusion, you know, life will visit you. 
You're, no one is immune. You didn't take a body to be immune and go, everything's great, super duper. It's mm-hmm. fantastic forever. Right, I mean, everybody gets their wake up call in one form or another. And the question then becomes, are you present enough to heed that wake up call when you're visited with it, right? And if you choose to continue to ignore those, those gentle knocks and protect that thing that you're hiding from yourself or from other people, the knock just starts to get a little bit louder. It'll come again and it will persist until it knocks you on your ass and you have no other option other than to reckon with it. And so my sense is that the more present and aware that you can be through these practices, breath work, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, physical exercise, all of these things that we talk about here to you know, pursue self-care, then the better condition you're in to heed that call when it's knocking gently. You can, I think, prevent that, that heavy call by heeding it early on. It's just that we're sort of wired to only pay attention when we're in, and I'm, and I'm speaking for myself, when I'm in so much pain that I can't see any other avenue. There is no, there is no uh, trap door exit mm-hmm. and I'm compelled to confront the thing that I've been hiding from or really don't wanna reckon with. Yeah, definitely. And, and many people, um, and I w- you know, we have to say that it also could just come in the form of a kiss. You could just have a kiss and get it all as well. So it d- doesn't always have to come mm-hmm. in, that, in that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is the opportunity and we're all creating it together. And you know, I, I had a cooking video on Srimu recently where I was uh, talking about community as the new currency. It's really about your community. That is where the, the wealth is, the richness is. And the rest of it, you know, who knows? We're gonna have to walk through it. You know, I ran into a friend of mine recently and he said, you know, Julie, we only have two years left before we run out of water. And I was like, dude, like we gotta Jedi this. Like you gotta change your perspective. We're gonna have to quantum this. There's gonna have to be a miraculous appearance. Like there's, you know, like there has to be an evolution, you know, in some way. Um, and it's not all writing on you know that one fact, or and I don't know where he got that fact, but the point is 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 yes, we need to become uh, conscious of what we're doing, you know, both individually and as a society. And at this point of this sort of level of climactic crisis in every area, the heart will never fail you, mm. and that that may mean that you know. I die in some, you know, some scenario, cancel that because I'm not planning on it. But, you know, it's not about hanging on to any existence, but it's about being devoted and understanding that you are an eternal life form Mm -hmm. and that the play is much bigger than what we see with our science. You know, there's a lot more going on. With that, I think we should take a quick break and uh, think about that, ponder it. And we'll be back with uh, some recipes that you're gonna share with us. Yes. Yay. Cool. All right, cool. And here we are. We've got this unbelievable layout of Shrimu infused 
delicacies. Walk us through what we're looking at right Shrimu now. Shrimu on the plate, yeah. Um, yeah, so one of the things uh, that is so extraordinary about Shrimu is it really fits that gap when you don't know what to eat. Because it's crafted with this amazing flavor and this high intention and energy, and it's just really a beautiful, beautiful food. It elevates whatever else you're creating in your kitchen. So um, I just wanted to present uh, for the holidays, some recipes that we have on our site. And this is Shrimu on the plate. So actually taking Shrimu from the cheese board and incorporating it into recipes that you love. Um, one of our favorites is this mushroom risotto. And um, it's extremely easy to make. You can make the risotto with even no oil. And uh, at the very end, you finish it by adding in some of our elder flavor or our Bertie flavor. And it just really elevates the risotto into a five-star plate. So we should point out for anybody who's brand new, or maybe this is the first what time. What is Shrimu? <laughs> yeah, like maybe explain <laughs> yeah. what so, it is. Shrimu is your not cheese brand. It's your plant-based artisanal wheels of cheese. It's a direct-to-consumer model based on a subscription box plan that you have. And you know, I'll let you describe it. But you know, from my perspective, you are somebody who's been in the kitchen laboratory for like, you know, I don't know, eight years at this point, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to craft the next level of plant-based cheese. My experience with vegan cheeses is that none of them are really good. Some of them are tolerable. They all kind of taste the same. Most of them have a lot of preservatives and different types of ingredients in them that don't do well with my digestion or my energy levels. You have elevated this art form to a whole new place because what you've created really are like, these incredibly tasty and distinctive flavors of artisanal cheeses. Think fine European cheeses that you would have with your with your fine wine and you get a sense of what this is, but all dairy free. And all of these flavors do taste different from the other ones. That's the other thing with a lot of plant-based cheeses, like no matter what flavor it says on the label, it all kind of tastes pretty much the same. That is not the case here. So I just wanted to celebrate what you've accomplished and achieved because I think you're pushing the outer envelope of what's possible in this world. And this creation, which goes back to what we were talking about, this heart-centered you know, kind of expression, that's truly what this is. And it's a really beautiful offering. And it's lovely to see all of this out mm-hmm. here today. So again, back to the risotto or whatever it is that you wanna say about Shrimu before we get into the specific recipes. Yeah, thank you so much. So um, yeah, it is, uh, it is pure. It is crafted with intention. We actually don't touch the cheese until we've done a meditation breathing practice. And it really is uh, just whole food ingredients. So there's no fillers, there's no gooey, creepy, like, I don't know what I'm eating sort of sensation. And um, I call it the next evolution of cheese because it rivals dairy cheese. So I didn't create something that is asking you to give up your love of cheese. I simply made it better. And I'm very, uh, very happy to say after 
you know, hundreds, uh, nearing thousands of customer reviews. It's just a pretty unanimous review of the product. Yeah. So they're not all wheels. Um, we have a, a new offering called Awe and Wonder, which are um, uh, jars. One is uh, smoked almond cheddar, which is called Bonfire. And that is an amazing spread on toasties. Um, you can put it in tacos, you can make meatless meatballs and pasta. And it has this just really delicious, uh, satisfying uh, flavor to it. And it, it's, a, it's a great thing when you don't know what to eat. I know when I became plant-based, the thing that I used to eat when I didn't know what to eat was usually eggs, you know, some sort of scrambled egg, some sort of, you know, egg thing. And um, Shrimu is so packed with protein. It's like high density power food that's made with pure ingredients and sacred intention. And it really, really, we say it floats through your digestive tract like a prayer. Mm. So I'm highly sensitive to nuts. If I eat a handful of nuts, I'm gonna have a stomach ache immediately. Uh, I have never had any digestive issues with Shrimu. Um, I never feel like I've eaten too much. It literally, your your body can really, really digest it and, and get the nutrients that you need from it while um, providing your taste buds uh, with a beautiful experience of just delicious food. Um, the, and if I may uh, yeah, interject quickly, please, I, please. I think another kind of beautiful aspect of this is that, yes, this is plant-based cheese, we're plant-based people. This is an offering for the plant-based community, but you don't have to be plant-based. You can be lactose intolerant or on a low carb diet or even on a keto diet like this kind of fires on all cylinders for yeah. everybody. And I think no matter what diet you're on, most healthy diets recommend avoiding dairy or ditching dairy altogether. And there are a lot of people that uh, really struggle with that because dairy is in almost everything that we eat. And there's something about dairy and cheese specifically that's, that makes it very hard to quit, right? Like I know when I was going plant-based, removing dairy from my diet was much more difficult than ditching the meat. Like I just crave that cheese. And I know part of your creation is inspired by that notion of like so many people love their cheese. If I can figure out a way to serve that in a healthier way, that would be, you know, a beautiful offering. And you've done that. Yeah, definitely, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I say Shrimu is universal. So it's plant-based, it's paleo, it's dairy-free, gluten-free, and it's raw actually, because it's dehydrated under, um, at like 92 degrees. So, um, it's an amazing product. Uh, we are arms open wide, inviting anyone in to experience Shrimu. It's largely a subscription product offering, and we have uh, many, many different varieties now. We have most exciting or exciting. We have an eternal box that has our three new four ounce wheel flavors, which are everything, which is reminiscent of an everything bagel, fire, which is reminiscent of pepper jack, and Imagine, which is this beautiful blue color that you see on the top there that is uh, made with butterfly pea powder. Um, so this box is under $50, so it's $48, uh, but we have many, many other varieties and also don't miss out on the fresh mozzarella cloud nine, which is in our on wonder box. Um, you can pair it with the bonfire, the smoked almond cheddar, or you can specify um, two mozzarellas or two smoked 
Thalman shutters. Um, so there's more customization now in a couple of the boxes, you can vary the wheels a bit, um, but we have 10 flavors to choose from. And um, here we have in this salad is a, a blue cheese, a dressing uh, that you can make with the spire flavor. You can also just garnish it with the wedges. Um, and then again, the risotto has the birdie or elder in it. And um, you just make risotto, you know, we have the recipe on, on the website, but in the same manner that you would make it. And then at the end, you just fold in the shrimu and it literally takes it to a mm -hmm. five-star dish. Right, um, you can make like almost an Alfredo Sauce you can, that's right. As well. Yeah, the, the fettuccine Alfredo is insane as well with any kind of pasta that you like. And then again, just the toasties. I mean, it's so satiating. And so many times I come home and I'm not sure what to eat. And, you know, I'll make sort of like an open baguette or, you know, uh, some version of a toasty with really any of the flavors. Um, the gold flavor uh, on the cheese board is called Gold Alchemy. And um, it's one of this beautiful synergy of elements uh, which create something that are more than the sum of the ingredients. So it really sort of harkens to a ham, cheese and mustard sandwich. Um, so it's very nourishing, nurturing, it's nostalgic and um, it's it's been an amazing experience so far. And not only are we devoted to our community of subscribers, uh, community is the most important thing to us. So we're very limited in wholesale right now. Um, we're working out some meal planning partnerships uh, that I'm not gonna speak about right now, but I can in the future. And uh, and really building a community within Shrimu. So one of the amazing uh, things that are on the horizon is we're moving our production to the vertical community of Crosstown Concourse in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I spoke about it on a previous podcast. Yeah, we talked about that the last uh, time. Yeah, but it's just, it's an extraordinary opportunity to actually create community, be a part of a community. Um, and for us, it, it's about uh, really developing meaningful relationships. So this is much more than a product in a box. Um, it is is an offering, a devotional offering for life, knowing that each individual has beauty within them to express and share. Um, and we just wanna be a part of all of it. Yeah, beautiful. And it's cool that you have all of these recipes. So if you go to shrimu.com, you can find all these recipes. Also, if you're a member or a subscriber to our Plant Power Meal Planner, there's tons of recipes that are shrimu infused there That's as right. well. And for people that are looking for more, diversity in their plant-based recipe, you know, Rolodex, you know, you should check out the meal planner because I think there's thousands of recipes that yeah. you can customize based upon your preferences. Definitely, definitely. Um, and also on the meal planner, there's uh, there's cheese recipes if you, you know, live international and you can't get shrimp. Right, because that's the big thing, right? right? Shipping, right, a lot exactly. of, as soon as we start talking about this, yeah, like, why yeah, don't yeah. you ship here? Why don't you ship well, there? Well, I know, and, and we're working on it. Shipping is like yeah. the whole game. It's yeah, so yeah, hard yeah. to solve that yeah. puzzle. But it's a you know I'm still working on on Europe expansion, so I, I haven't forgotten. But we're we're moving there. But also, just so you guys know, um, I wrote a cookbook called "This Cheese Is Nuts," which is well, 
uh, Matthew Kenny called it the uh, most developed resource on plant-based cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've already created, you know, 70 recipes for you guys in there if you want to try to make cheese on your right. own. You can you can create your version right. of Shreemu. Of course it's home. not. People, Why can't I get it? Well, I'll get the book and yeah. you can make it yourself. It's but not then exactly like, yeah, Shreemu. but I don't want to make it myself. Can't you just make it and I'll buy it, which is why this company exists, right? right? Yeah. So it's well, a, we're growing it's and, a vegan chicken and yeah. the egg kind of situation. Yeah, but we're growing and we're expanding and uh, yeah, we, we have intention to go far and wide. So, um, so I just wanna mention that for your listeners, we're gonna give you a code, of course. Mm. Uh, we usually, we, we have sold out the last two years in uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's, it's, we do about 60% of our business in the last three months of the year. So um, get your orders in early. Um, if you're gonna order for Thanksgiving, you have to order by November 13th because this is a perishable product and we ship it you know, right before. And then for December, if you order, you gotta order by December 11th, I think, if you want it in time for that Christmas date. So what's the code? The code the is deal? gonna be RRP18. Mm-hmm. And that gives you 18% off of any any subscription, 18%. any box, oh, anything cool. you so want. So SRIMU.com mm-hmm. and then slash RRP18 or you enter the code. You just at enter checkout. the code at checkout RRP18. All right, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. So yeah. on the subject of food, holidays, there's two things that I wanna talk to you about. One is preparing ourselves for the holidays holidays are upon us. This episode's gonna go up in mid-October. People are starting to think about that phase of the year where we're gonna be engaging with relatives and loved ones and things become social as the days become longer and the perilous nature of time shared with people we care about and (laughs) buttons getting pushed and things going sideways and all the kind of treachery that is potential during this time of year. And then second to that, the idea of, and we kind of talked about it before the break, this idea of sacred commerce or you know spirituality in business. Like you're an entrepreneur, you're also this spiritual being. How do you as a leader and as a builder infuse this uh, commercial enterprise with the sensibility and the energy that is so precious to you and is part and parcel of like who you are and what can we learn about how to uh, you know participate in the capitalist economy, but do it from perhaps a higher perspective as leaders, as consumers, as employees, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Which one should I start with? I don't know, with? what do you wanna start with? I'll start with the sacred commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, thanks for asking that question. So in my experience, it all comes down to alignment. So again, going back to the awareness that each of us were created in a very specific way for a specific maybe, you know, way of of expressing ourselves. And so uh, through the yoga and meditation and, you know, self-discovery and seeking, and, you know, they could say about me, you left no rock unturned. I'm, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've had an entrepreneurial view. Um, I was not as successful as I wanted to be early in my years. And I thought I was gonna have realized everything by the time I was 30. And that's been a very difficult sort of game of having to have patience and understanding that I see a much bigger picture, but oftentimes the current timeline doesn't fold into what that picture is, uh, you know, what my personality is considering. But 
for me, it was all a very organic process and going back to, you know, our, our choice to serve our hearts. You know, it was you who brought food sort of for, foremost into the picture because, yeah, I was raised on game meat in Alaska. Um, you know, my mom was, I love my mom, but she was just not a good cook at all. Like food was not prepared well in our house growing up. And I grew up in Alaska. There were hardly any vegetables, you mm-hmm. know, in the long winters. Except in the summers, you would get these gigantic yeah. versions of what we're used to, right? Yeah, they have these like super uber gigantic carrots and, and things in the summer because the sun never sets. So mm-hmm. it's just amplifying this kind of crazy Alice in Wonderland vegetable crop. Um, but, you know, that basically is, is uh, you know, food was not a thing for me. I've always been a thin person. So I never sort of dieted for weight. And then later in my years, I got to have an experience of healing myself of a cyst in my neck through Ayurveda. I decided not to have surgery and to heal it myself. And I was successful in that after a two year process. Um, But really I started cooking to feed you because I wanted to love you because I wanted to support you in your racing and in Ultraman. And it was you who who went vegan, I was Ayurvedic. So I was eating predominantly plant-based, but also some milk and some ghee, you know, in medicinal ways. And that was very supportive to my body and and is a, a science and a lineage that I incorporate into my life today a lot. But I started for you. I was like, uh, he's into it. He's really trying to create something. So I started just making recipes and it was very organic because it wasn't, it, it was just from that center point of I could really help him. I could really, I could really help him. I could really love him and I could support him in realizing one of your dreams. And so every time you came back from training, there was this huge spread. So likewise, as we continued down the journey and then I would come to create almost, I don't know, 400 plant-based recipes and published three cookbooks that were all my recipes. Mm -hmm. And then I had just realized that what I was creating with this plant-based cheese was extraordinary. It, It far surpassed what I thought was possible. And I started to get very interested in it and very intrigued by it. And when my European friends started freaking out over the product, I started to realize that I had really hit on something. And if I am good at anything, I'm good at simplifying things. Uh, So I was never one that felt like I had to uh, go to a school or learn a technique to be able to do something. I approach it through a very organic experience of interacting with whatever the medium is. And it's sort of a beginner's mind approach. Like you're not bogged down by some Mm -hmm. tradition created by French laundry. Like you can go into it without all of that and innovate, you know, from a fresh perspective. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, everything for me, you know, I like to experience life as art. So it's just another form of art. I'm using the medium of food and to express. But I had been a fashion designer earlier uh, in my life. In 1996, I I closed a a garment company that I'd had for, I don't know, six years. And I just worked myself until my fingers bled and, you know, gave birth to the two boys during that time. And it was really a heartbreak when I had to close that company because of what I had put into it. And so I had to get over 
that sort of PTSD that I had from, you know, wanting to be an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and also being in fashion and seeing, you know, the level of waste and just, you know, the way that that industry and the way that it's created just sort of rapes and pillages everything that it touches. Um, so I thought long and hard about it. I took my time, um, but when I created it, I created it from a very authentic place. So it means I didn't go out and look at other cheese brands and see what they were doing. I, did, I don't consider what others are doing. I try to go in as much as I can. And because of that, I'm sitting here with a branding that is extremely unique, a name that is very unique. So Shrimu is divine cow, right? It's Shri Mu. I like M-U better than M-O-O. And it's also a little nod to my spiritual name, Srimati, which I'm Srimati on Instagram and in the music that I create. So Srimu, I figured no one else would have that name. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no one else would yeah, have that name. A lot of competition for Srimu. Not know, a lot Shrimu of competition for Srimu. The, the company. But, but again, this is, this is the authenticity, right? That we each have something that is within us. And I named it uh, Devotional Offerings for Life. And if you look at O'Hara's branding that he created for the brand. The the braiding, which creates a modern hieroglyph says devotional offerings for life. After that, I had a Vedic chart reading. I've had many, but I, I had never touched on this point before. And my astrologer pointed out that my birth chart, the symbol of my natal birth chart in Vedic terms is connected to a cow's udder and a devotional flower those two things. So I had named it devotional offering for life, not even understanding in my personality, just how profound that is for me. So then fast forward, um, due to the blessings of the people that listened to this podcast and that a lot of people had eaten my cheese at events and on retreats and had seen it on Instagram. And and when I announced the launch, I was uh, blessed enough to receive, you know, over 400 orders before I had even gotten the factory and, and started it. So it's because of you guys that you helped launch me into that, into the space. But um, anyway, did so very successfully. And, you know, just the product is stable. It's consistent. It's delicious. It's like, and because of the podcast, because of we, because we'd been sharing for so many years, my team found me through the podcast. So in the true sense of the word, Shreem is a mission. It is a mission of global awakening. And the people that work with me are aligned with me at that level. So it's different than any other business or company that I've been involved in because they know me and they know that I mean it and they share this alignment with me in different ways. So the the big thing though, for me was when I went to raise money, I spent quite a bit of time, you know, over a year, exploring plant-based venture, you know, structures and different opportunities with, you know, partners and and you know, thinking again always that someone else knows how to do it better than you do. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're young in business or when we're going, I think a part of us really wants that partner that is that ma- that magician that's figured it all out. Right. Oh, that person will validate it. That person can put their stamp of approval mm-hmm. on it. They know how to do this. I need that person to guide me. And yeah, we all need guidance. I think the thing is the I mean, look, this is all set against the backdrop of an explosion in interest in plant-based foods and meat and dairy analogs. And with that, there's a whole kind of sub economy around financing these startup ventures 
where founders are developing these products of which you are one, right? So it puts you in this position where suddenly you're on the receiving end of a lot of attention from people who wanna give you money. And then it becomes a challenge of discernment, like, because you don't, it's not about just raising money. It's like, who are the people that I'm aligning with? Are they in alignment with me in terms of the mission? What is the cost that I'm incurring by accepting outside investment? And who are the people that you know I can partner with who can be those guideposts or those mentor you know, personalities, but not at the cost of, you know, sort of the quick path towards an exit in that traditional sense of like how this kind of startup thing works for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I was excited because I'm I'm always the one that makes the thing that's not scalable. That's completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's beautiful, but that makes no sense. So, you know, in my fashion company, I was designing 36 piece jackets, you know, with 36 pattern pieces and, you know, Austrian crystal buttons. And, you know, it was very complicated and very hard to scale and very, you know, just very, very intense. And and so finally I'm in I'm in the space and also you know I have an intention to build a very uh, profoundly expansive company like I'm going all the way like I'm not you know here to do farmers markets and just you know impress my friends like this is truly a global mission of awakening through each individual that experiences the product and feels themselves and remembers who they are and finds a, a vibration that supports them in expanding as well as you know, the ultimate sort of why of Srimu, which is to support the indigenous of the planet and fund, you know, an expansion uh, in Dominher of their already existing temples, which is an indigenous sort of museum that is on the deck. So, but getting back to, um, I was taking these um, different meetings with different venture people and, and different people in the space. And, um, and I heard this, I didn't hear it. It wasn't a voice, but I got this telepathic question that was dropped into me as I was walking through our living room. And it was, why are you not applying the same spirituality, originality and creativity to the financial raise of Srimu as you did to the formulation of the product? And I was kind of like, yeah, good question. Why am I not? And it was because I was immature because I hadn't gone into those venture meetings before. I had a lot to learn. I had growing to do. But after I sussed it all out, I realized they're just making it all up. It's all a creative story that they spin and they make up. So why am I letting another person make up my story when I'm creating the story of Srimu? So I um, went back to what I know, went back to the fire, went back to my spiritual ritual, and I created a guardian offering inviting humanitarians in to support me in this mission of creating community, of uh, truly uh, shifting the world of honoring our animals and giving some love and honoring to uh, these beings that we've been brutalizing you know, pretty, pretty radically for a while and also honoring the earth and our children and ourselves. And so uh, I did this crazy thing and I, I kind of knew from that exploration that about 3.3 was what I wanted to raise. That would allow me to scale you know, into about 30 million in volume. And then I established my valuation at 13 million um, and lead investor, Tom Lawrence, beautiful Tom Lawrence came in and invested and he and his wife, Ellie um, have been an amazing support to me and champions for me. 
And um, they're the ones who live part-time in Memphis. And so we were mm-hmm. sitting around talking in Telluride uh, one day and you know we were talking about the challenges with shipping and suddenly it became clear that we should check Memphis out. So uh, we went to Memphis and they rolled out the red carpet and took care of me. I've told this story before, but um, so Crosstown Concourse is where we are going to be. It's gonna be Shreemu's home and uh, Staley and Sabine, who are the investors who uh, recreated um, Crosstown Concourse have uh, welcomed us and worked with us to create uh, you know, a deal that is mutually beneficial. And um, you know, we're just so excited to go in there and to expand creating the community. So, when, are you, uh, when is the move? Well, we're to take we're scheduled to have construction done February, but so maybe February March we're thinking. But we're already working with teams at FedEx. We've um, cut our shipping costs by fifty percent. Um, you know, we're getting five times the space for less than the amount of money that I pay uh, here for 750 feet. California, um, so it's, uh, so, th- but there's many, many opportunities, but for me, and you know, I've been, uh, you know, sort of uh, reviewing like what is the core mission of Shreemu and what is important to us. And, you know, the truth of the matter is it's the community, it's the connection, it's the messaging. So, you know, Shreemu is a beauty brand. There will be many other things that come up, you know, after after the cheese, more food products, more um, skincare products, supplements, this type of stuff. But we care about the community and the most exciting thing for me is to go to Memphis and co-create something that creates meaning in people's lives mm-hmm. on every level. You know, the people that make it, the people that we co-create it with, our vendors and our suppliers, and also our beloved subscription community. So we're, you know, we're choosing the the wholesale outlets very um, selectively, um, but for us, it it really is about the community. It reminds me of that video that I shared with you the other day of Alex Honnold and the Honnold Foundation collaborating with Memphis Rocks to put solar on on top of that facility to that make it so solar cool. powered, which is pretty cool, you know. Really and there's cool. a analogous version of that story in the potential of Shreemu to be integrated in the Memphis community and to impact that community and to you know, basically celebrate that community and and do some powerful storytelling around it. Definitely. And, you know, um, we've already been meeting with some of the the kids. They're not really kids. They're just younger than I am at uh, Memphis Rocks and um, also Tom Shadiak. And uh, we're very keen to collaborate with them. So, um, you know, to be able to provide a life stream of, you know, experience, um, and to uh, sort of co-create and merge with the community and create something more expansive for everyone is very exciting to me as is exploring even new sort of structures of what a new business looks like. Mm-hmm. Like what is the future of business? And, and so far, I mean, to your point of, of you know, looking for somebody outside of you that has a title or even experience where you think that they're going to know everything, you know, problems and solutions and opportunities are found in the moment by the people that are there that are working with the product that are smart, intelligent, heartfelt, connected, devoted. This is my team all the way down to, you know, the 
in person who's washing dishes, you know, uh, we had a, a company lunch at Cafe Gratitude downtown recently. And I was just, you know, almost in tears with gratitude at the way they receive me, the way they love me, the way they work for the company and um, the way that they're getting meaning in their life from being connected with this new potential, this new experiment. And so um, it's a, it's, it's, it has this deep meaning. And for me, it's, um, it's, it really just is all about that, that connection. Mm. Um, if I could snap my fingers now and, you know, and have it like be in every wholesaler, you know, in the US, uh, without that community connection, that would not be my choice. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's good, man. I'm excited you. for you. Thank you. It's entering into a really cool new chapter. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, let's shift gears and, and talk about the holidays a little bit before we uh, close this thing down. Yeah. So this is an interesting one because yeah. I'm, I'm really uh, just in a different place with a birth family and the holidays. And I guess I want to propose an expansive perspective to maybe ponder um, if you're one who has uh, intense interactions with your birth family. Uh, I certainly do. You know, there's a saying that if you think you're, you're realized or you're spiritual, go spend a weekend with your family and then you'll find out that it's not true. Yeah. Um, you know, or, uh, but I guess uh, one of the things that I think is true is that, you know, we are not necessarily tied to our families you know, even though, you know, if, you know, we're, we're brought up like, yes, it would be good to love your family. Yes, it's good to respect those people in your lives. But honestly, I think what is up right now is more frequency. Like there's a lot of different frequencies that are operating on the planet and not all of them are resonant with each other. And that's fine. Like, it doesn't mean that you have to uh, go into family situations if it's not in alignment for you. And I would bring more to that, that you were created for a very specific expression. And if those type of relationships are unable to support you in your evolution or in your joy or in your love and nourishment, if they are patterns that are repeatedly dragging you down or causing constriction, you know, I would say that we have the freedom to choose not to interact with them. Right, it's, it can be easier said than done though, right? Because there are occasions and situations where there's expectations around family gatherings. And I think we're in a moment now as the world has started to reopen where people are going to be traveling to see members of their family that perhaps they haven't seen in yes, two that. years, three years at this point. And there's something really beautiful about that, but I think it's also a situation that can heighten the pressure and the expectations of what that experience may or may not be that can load it with so much that it could be potentially more explosive, right? If you're not careful. So it's about, yes, you know, to the extent that you can or should like opt out to protect yourself. But for those that are sort of going into it nonetheless saying, well, this could be tricky, but I miss my family and I haven't seen them in a couple of years and I'm looking forward to seeing them, but I also have some trepidation. How do you, uh, you know, help to protect yourself or to flex a healthy boundary and 
take advantage of some tools to perhaps ensure maybe a better outcome than historically you've received in these situations. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That was very wordy. I, was, I could have said that more concisely, it's okay. but go ahead. No, I gotcha. <laughs> um, so yeah, so if you're welcomed, you're, you're secretly welcomed sabbatical from your family brought on by COVID has now come to a close, <laughs> <laughs> then, um, you know, I think the first thing that is really helpful to me is understanding that it's frequency. So rather than getting into the dynamics of, you know, where you are in the pecking order of your siblings or any relationship that you have with your parents, um, if you can just relax your body and just understand that it, it's just frequency, it's not personal, you know, it's not, it, you don't have to drop into those old patterns and those old buttons <laughs> unless you're dragged there in, like I was a couple of weeks ago. So maybe you can avoid it. I think the neutrality of understanding that there's nothing to prove, that there is no better and no worse. There's no one for you to convince to be other than they are. It's simply to wrap yourself in blankets of pink light because pink light can be uh, more pleasing to others. If you have an energy that's abrasive to somebody or you have somebody who is easily explosive. So wrap yourself in, imagine, you know, visualize that sort of cocoon around you before you go in, ignite a state of neutrality within you and understand that there's nothing for you to solve, change, convince, you know, or even, uh, you know, get your day about, like just let it go, relax and understand that everything is frequency. You may never have a close connected relationship with a family individual like we think we should. You know, it, it just doesn't land that way. So some of us have very close family um, relationships with our birth family and our siblings and our parents and others of us don't, or, you know, probably more commonly we have charges with certain individuals within the, within the, the group. Uh, but I guess what I would say is take care of yourself first. Uh, one thing that I'm doing a lot, I, I forgot it today, but I'm carrying with me a picture of myself when I was six years old. And the reason that I carry that with me is so that I can remember to advocate for her first before anyone, before you, before the kids, before anything, because she is my most important relationship. And if I make sure that she is held and nourished and cared for and seen, then I have more capacity to create, to also be more loving in my relationships, in my community, um, so I think that's a really, really good thing to do also because most of us that are going back into family situations, it's re reducing into a family pecking order or old things that happened or old agreements that were, you know, that were made that you weren't even aware of, you know. So it's these old contracts that are looping that are just over. I mean, we are not certainly at my age and, you know, likely at you know, any age, you're, you're not the person who was born into that family line and you don't have to play that role in that way. 
Right, we all sort of snap back or revert into those roles. Like we become, you know, the 12 year old version of ourselves when we return home. And it's tricky and it's complicated. Like I think most people are probably somewhere in the middle, like they love their family and they're looking forward to seeing their family, but they're also aware that there are these patterns at play that can be fraught and tend to activate people. And suddenly things become explosive out of the blue and then, you're left wondering like, well, how did that happen? Like, I don't even, you know, and there's drama, et cetera. So how do we, you know, if we're going to venture into those scenarios, like how do we take care of ourselves? I love that idea of carrying around a photo of you as a, as a young person. I think I, I, that's a beautiful sentiment and, and, and very like, Visceral, Very visceral. Right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, some of the things that, that I think have been helpful to me have been that self-care piece. Like you've got to take care of yourself first. You're not going to be able to go into a tricky environment where your buttons are going to get pushed by the people who installed them, which ensures that they're going to get the reaction, right? Like that historical react. Like how can I have that button pushed and not react the way that I always have historically that leads to, you know, a not so good result? Well, take care of yourself first, whether that's exercise, meditation, some kind of mindfulness practice, good nutrition, sleep, all those kinds of things I think are super important. And then, you know, I try to envision thinking about boundaries, like I try to envision myself in some kind of, you know, translucent bubble, right? So whatever is coming towards me, if it's not, you know, in service or it is that thing that might trigger me, it bounces off, like just creating a visual field of where I'm imagining it. It's almost like in the service of trying to be non-reactive and neutral in all situations, can I pretend like I'm watching this unfold on television? Like if it's happening on TV, I'm not gonna take it personally. So if there's a screen or when something is happening that is provocative to me and is gonna activate that, that young, emotional, wounded body inside of me, what if it was just a character on television saying those lines? Like I'm not gonna have that same reaction. So I try to conjure up some version of that, you know, visual cue to, help dissipate the intensity of those situations. But I think always reminding yourself to be neutral and to take a breath before reacting so that you can respond more consciously uh, is also super helpful. And understanding that this shit's hard and you know, you're gonna get it wrong more often than you're gonna get it right. And to be kind to yourself, back to that piece of like, how do you take care of yourself? You have to, you know, exert or, or express that kindness towards yourself. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. <laughs> it's good. What, why are you laughing? No, no it's good, it was good, it's beautiful. You know, this stuff's hard and I love, my, I love super, my family. Like I'm not, I'm not, this is not in disparagement of my family at all. Like I, you know, I like seeing them, but I think like most people, there are these historic patterns that get, you know, calcified and, play out time and time again. And you're like, why did that thing happen again? Because you're doing the same thing that you've always done and they're doing the same thing they've always done. You're playing these roles over and over and over again and getting the same result. And if you want a different result, it's incumbent upon you. The onus is on you to behave differently or to do something different to interrupt that pattern. Yeah, definitely. And it is, it's super, super challenging. So, you know, the one thing that I wanted to offer, this is like the super secret technique that, you know, I, I say it all the time, I'm gonna say it again, is 
this warm oil Abhyanga self-massage. So if any of you are feeling anxiety ridden, unsettled, scattered, um, stressed, afraid, out of sorts, out of alignment, you can get some organic hot sesame oil. You're gonna get the organic sesame oil and heat it up in like a French press. So you put the bottle inside very hot water. And you're gonna go in your shower with a bunch of towels. You have to be very careful because it's very slippery. So please be careful when you do this. But what you do is you pour the hot oil over warm oil over your scalp and you literally give your entire body a self-massage. Now shift your attention to what you're telling yourself while you're doing it. So this is a great opportunity for you to speak to your body as a living intelligence, like thank you. Thank you, I love you. Thank you for everything you do for me. I love you, you're beautiful, I appreciate you, all of these things. So after you've massaged your entire body and some of the oil will start to absorb in before you turn the shower on, put shampoo directly in your hair. If you, do, okay, so let me remind you, you have oil in your hair, warm oil has come down your scalp. So before you turn the shower on, you put shampoo right on top of your hair in the oiled hair with no water and get enough in there that it's kind of distributed. Then at that point, carefully, probably standing on the side of a towel that's gonna be wet in the bottom of the shower, turn on the hot water and allow that, oil, that hot water to open your pores and the oil goes in your pores. Now your hair now will have you know, the lather and you'll be able to wash it out and you can wash it a second time, but you'll be able to get the oil out. About 45 minutes after you do this Abhyanga process, your entire nervous system will drop three stories. You will feel as if you had a four hour massage. And it is in a, just such an invaluable experience. It affects your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. I'm saying sesame oil because it's probably the most universal, but if you're a kapha person, meaning more heavy, you might wanna use um, coconut oil. If you're a pitta person, which is more fiery, you might wanna use um, coconut oil. But most of us have vata imbalance, which is the wind, the windy dosha in Ayurveda. And that is sesame oil is very good for that. So we want to treat the imbalance, which is vata, which means you're forgetting things, you're irritable, your digestion isn't working, you can't sleep, you're traveling, you're erratic, you can't finish one task. These type of sort of symptoms are vata imbalance. And I had a friend of mine who's a very, very sharp person with a lot of creativity and she's extremely vata. And she was very, very um, afraid to fly. She had two friends die suddenly at age 50, um, unexplainable, unexplainably. And um, she was having anxiety from getting on the plane. And she called me and I was like, do this. And she couldn't believe, she was like, that just helped me so much. And so this is something that I do 
at least once a week, you're witness to the residue in the shower when yeah, I, I get in I the warn shower you. and I'm like, why is it so greasy and slippery in mm-hmm. the shower? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it really is literally a lifesaver. And I know a lot of us are experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and a lot of just discomfort from expanding. Um, so that Abhyanga, like if I was leaving the planet and I had to leave like one body care technique, that is the secret. That is a, an amazing, amazing process. And, you know, a bottle of oil costs, I don't know, three bucks or five bucks and you don't need anyone to massage. You can massage yourself. And then it brings you into communion with your own body. Like, what is your body? What is this body vehicle? What is this technology? What are all the functions that the body does for us every day without us asking for it just automatically? So, you know, the greatest miracle exists within the human body. The ascension is happening inside. It's an incension. We're not going anywhere. We're activating more of who we are. Mm-hmm. That's don't beautiful. Be, don't be like you. No, I'm like, gonna try that. No, Actually, I've never, I've never like, done hmm. that myself. <laughs> Yeah. I have done I have done coconut. I have like lathered in coconut like and tried to like be indulgent in that self-care, but I haven't done that specific technique with that intention. Mm-hmm. You've lathered in coconut oil. Yeah. Let's tell me more about that. I, I have done that. That's something I would yeah. I would have missed that question on the dating <laughs> game. <laughs> um the final thing that I would offer that's kind of more of a grounded super practical tool if you're going into these family gatherings to the extent that you're you know kind of entering these situations from a perspective of like they need to treat me this way or like I'm tired of being talked to in this way in other words entering with expectations uh, about what you feel you deserve to disabuse yourself of that and instead focus simply on like how you can be of service like I'm not coming into this situation to look what I to look for what I can extract from it, purely instead from a perspective of how I can contribute. And I think when you can inhabit that mindset and then follow that up with simple behaviors that demonstrate that, it will shift the energy of the situation. And to the extent that some of those historical patterns end up playing out nonetheless, it's a little bit of a buffer in how that will be processed by you because you're you're looking, you're looking through a different lens. Definitely, that's yeah. good advice. And of course, there's always the potential that you could do all these things and it could still be a shit storm. So just <laughs> be gentle yeah, on yourself. Right. I know that, that that's Look, how it I goes. Did, I got the oil, I did the thing and it's still, yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, still, it's, it's literally like the, the, uh, the biggest mystery Uh, And then it just becomes compassion for others and compassion for self in Mm -hmm. the aftermath. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I think we did it. Thank you so much. How do you feel? I feel good. Thanks for having me on, Rich Roll. Always a pleasure to Mm -hmm. uh, experience the Srimati spiritual uh, Alice in Wonderland rabbit (laughs) hole. I think we went there today. We definitely went Um, there. I love you and I look forward to more of these. In the meantime, check out Shrimu, shrimu.com, code RRP18 for 18% off. If you wanna explore the beautiful world of not cheese, the devotional offerings of Shrimu. Uh, you can find Julie at Shrimati on Instagram and where else? 
Where else? Water Tiger. JuliePyatt.com, Water Tiger mm-hmm. uh, is on there. So if you, if you wanna go deeper and you wanna explore some spiritual techniques that will, uh, may assist you to embody more of who you are, um, you can join that beautiful international community. Uh, yeah, and um, what else? I don't know. I think that's it. Yeah, for now. For now. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Rich. All right. Love you, babe. Peace. Namaste. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links and resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at richroll.com where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as podcast merch, my books, Finding Ultra, Voicing Change in the Plant Power Way, as well as the Plant Power Meal Planner at meals.richroll.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on YouTube and leave a review and or comment. Supporting the sponsors who support the show is also important and appreciated. And sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends or on social media is of course, awesome and very helpful. And finally, for podcast updates, special offers on books, the meal planner and other subjects, please subscribe to our newsletter, which you can find on the footer of any page at richroll.com. Today's show was produced and engineered by Jason Camiolo with additional audio engineering by Cale Curtis. The video edition of the podcast was created by Blake Curtis with assistance by our creative director, Dan Drake. Portraits by Davey Greenberg and Grayson Wilder. Graphic and social media assets, courtesy of Jessica Miranda, Daniel Solis, Dan Drake, and AJ Akpodiete. Thank you, Georgia Whaley for copywriting and website management. And of course, our theme music was created by Tyler Pyatt, Trapper Pyatt, and Harry Mathis. Appreciate the love, love the support. See you back here soon. Peace, plants, namaste. Yeah.